This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him was not one thing made that came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, and yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. That the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. And so, Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, we pray that we would hear not just the words of men, but the words of God. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I want to take that, or part of that, gospel reading as my text this morning from John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 and 14 and 18. That begins on page 1053 of the Pew Bible, if you're making use of that. John chapter 1 and beginning at verse 1, page 1053. This morning I want to talk about the Jesus we believe in. The Jesus we believe in. And indeed it must be said that the Jesus we believe in is more than just a man, a teacher, a prophet. In fact, with Epiphany coming up for this Friday, I was thinking about the Magi and what they did when they finally found where Jesus was. And we read in Matthew chapter 2 and at verse 11, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Interesting response. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. Usually is, what a cute baby. But that's not what they did. And when they went into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him which wasn't at all an inappropriate response given who Jesus really is. 
Indeed, John says that the Jesus we believe in is God in communion with God. Notice again uh, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word, or in the Greek, the Logos. And the Word, the Logos, was with God, and the Word, the Logos, was God. He was in the beginning with God. And so John says that in the beginning was the Word. Now, we're all familiar with that phrase, in the beginning, right? I mean, either you, you got at least that far on any particular year that you said, well, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. That's the first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that's exactly what John is talking about here. Namely, the beginning of all created things in heaven and on earth. In the beginning... And then he talks about the word, or the logos, in Greek. And it's this title that John uses to refer to Jesus. In fact, we know it's Jesus. John's, the Baptist is referring to Jesus. In verse 14, and the word became flesh. This is all about Jesus. And then John's saying, and we saw him and his glory. It's all about Jesus. But this is the title that he uses, the Logos, the word, uh, which the Greeks used um, to refer to the logical or rational principle that governs all things and brings order and harmony to everything in the universe. And um, John borrowed that and said, yep, yeah, that's our guy. Huh. Indeed, in a not-so-subtle way, he is, he is saying that Jesus is that Logos, so-called. And this uh, idea of... Jesus being the thing that holds everything together, the rational principle that makes everything work is found in various different places in the scriptures. For instance, Paul, writing to the believers at Colossae, wrote this, and he, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. You can't see God, but you can see him, and when you see him, you see God. The firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth Visible and invisible, and in him all things hold together. We're talking about the Jesus we believe in. Or Hebrews, the writer to the Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1 and beginning at verse 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son whom he has appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And John says that in the beginning, when God created all things, the word, the logos, was. Not that he came into existence, but that when everything that exists, that's created by God, came into existence, the Logos was. Or as a New Living Translation puts it in a way that we would put it, if we were trying to explain what the Greek says, the imperfect tense and the verb there, 
In the beginning, the Word already existed, transcending the time-space continuum. The Logos is there when God speaks ex nihilo, out of nothing, all that you see around you, including your neighbor to your left and to your right. And so John says that in the beginning was the Word. And John says, and the Word was with God. Now, in the, in the Greek, we would read, and the Word was with the God. With, a, with an article, in fact, all through the New Testament. When there is uh, God, the Lord, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity is presented. The God is a reference to the Father. And so here... And so this is what, so the Logos was with the Father. And so John says, and in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And then John adds, and the Word was God. And in the Greek, the word God has no article. And I won't go through all the structures, the predicate nominative, etc., etc. The point is, is that the Logos possesses the quality of the divine. And so when we say that Jesus is God, that's what John is saying. He's not the Father, but He's divine. In fact, He's just as divine as the Father. They share an eternal existence, a category of existence that transcends the time-space continuum so that when God spoke the created order into existence, they already were there. They are uncreated. And what's true of the Father is true of the Son. Paul, again, writing to the believers at Colossae, said, For in Him, in Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And so the Jesus that we believe in is God living in communion with God. The Father, the Spirit. Secondly, the Jesus we believe in is God doing what God does. In fact, uh, notice again uh, verses 2 and 3. In the, he was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And so John says that all things were made through him. We don't usually think about this. But it is a point that comes out in the creeds every Sunday, if you've ever noticed. And so God the Father is creator, as the scriptures say. And God the Son, the Jesus that we believe in, is creator too. And, and then John adds in verse 3, And without him, not anything was made that was made. And so Jesus, the Word, is not just creator of some things. He's creator of all things with the Father. And so that's the second thing that Jesus we believe in is God doing what God does. And one of the things God does is he creates and that out of nothing. Thirdly, the Jesus we believe in is, a God, is God giving what God has to give. Indeed, notice again, verses 4 and 5. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. 
The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so John says that in him, in the Logos, was life. But even more than that, he's the life, as he's called just a few words farther along there. In fact, this is something that's developed in the Gospel of John, and so we read famously in John chapter 14 and verse 6, this dialogue between Jesus and Thomas. In fact, uh, Thomas said to Jesus, well, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Verse 16 of chapter 14, Jesus said to Thomas, I, I am the way, excuse me, I'm getting these mixed up. But Jesus said to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John continues in verse 4, and the life was the light of men. Jesus is the life, and the life is the light of men. Uh, perhaps a reference to enlightenment, uh, sort of like walk in my ways. If you, do my, do, uh, if you keep my words, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, etc., and so in John's Gospel, chapter 8, Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. In the Latin, lux, lux mundi, the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. We're all familiar with darkness. Right? Bad things happen in the darkness. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about stubbing my toe on the, on the edge of the bed, you know, at night, or walking. I've, I did this one time down in the, in the, in the education wing, and uh, the, the, I forget. How, anyway, the, all I did was go down and turn on the light inside the room. Most of the rooms have the doors that are right on the hallway, but if you go all the way down, there's one where the, where the door is sunken way in. I mean, it's like 10 feet in. So when I left that, I turned off the light. There was no lights in the hall. And I went out the door and decided I, I thought I was at the hall. But I wasn't at the hall. I was at the wall. And I walked. I, I didn't think I could hurt my nose so badly in such a short place. Short, so I just turned and walked about three feet and hit the wall. Why? Because I was in the dark. And bad things happen in the dark because you can't see the way things really are. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And John adds in verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so darkness exists, but it can't stop the light. And Corey Tim Boom was a Dutch believer who at the end of World War II spent 11 months in a Nazi concentration camp for hiding Jews with her family in her home in Holland. In fact, um, it, it, at the end of that 11th month, she, she, was, she was rescued by the Allied forces. Her sister, in fact, died in that concentration camp. But decades later, Corey said on a, in a television interview, she said, I know by experience that Jesus is a light stronger than even the greatest darkness. And Nazism was darkness to be sure. 
And so Jesus is the light and the giver of light. And Jesus is the life and the giver of life. In fact, he says that later in John's Gospel, chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief comes only to kill and to steal and destroy. I came that they might have life and that abundantly. And so the Jesus we believe in is God giving what God has to give, life and light. Finally, the Jesus we believe in is God showing us who God is. God showing us who God is. And indeed, notice verses 14 and 18. 14, and the Word became flesh. What an extraordinary statement. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we, John says, we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 18. And no one has ever seen God, but the only God who is at the Father's side has made him known. And so John says that the word became flesh, which is a really interesting statement, namely that the one who has always been there and always was became something that he wasn't previously, namely one of us. I mean, if you were in his position, is that something you would have done? <laughs> but he did. And the Bible says the motivation was love. Loving the creation and so becoming a part of it to reach it and deliver it from itself. But the word became flesh. Sir Norman Anderson in his book, Christianity and World Religions, wrote this. He said, we must remember that the incarnation, and that's what it's called theologically. Carne is from the Latin, it means flesh. So incarnation means a, a, an enfleshing. Um, the word became flesh. The word was incarnate. Um, if you're not familiar with the Latin, maybe you're familiar with what it says on the can. Uh, chili con carne. That's a chili with meat. Flesh. We must remember that the incarnation, the word becoming flesh, was no mere theophany, no mere appearance of God, a, a sighting of God among men, as a Hindu believes to have happened in an avatar, rather. The incarnation was God actually becoming a human being with all that that necessarily involved. And so John says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then John says, in speaking as an eyewitness, and we have seen his glory. Who's we? John, James, Peter, Bartholomew, Thomas, Thaddeus, Philip, and so on. We have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. In fact, in the next chapter, you have the Jesus goes, is invited to a wedding in Cana, in Galilee, his part of the country, and his mother was there. You know the story. And they, these weddings would go on for, for days and days and days. 
and you had to have all these supplies for people who had traveled great distances to come and celebrate with you and your family because your daughter or your son was getting married. And they ran out of wine. That's another way of saying they ran out of supplies, man. And these people are thirsty. And it was not only a, a problem because people needed to eat and drink, but it was a great source of, in, of embarrassment and shame. And so Jesus' mother Mary came to him and said, they've run out of wine. Well, she knew, or he knew what she was implying beyond what she was saying. And he said, my hour is not, don't come to me with that. <laughs> information. I can do something about this, but it's not my time. But anyway, he told, the, told somebody to fill up those water pots that they use for all of their ritual washings, and they were very large pots, 30 gallons, 30, 40 gallons apiece. He said, fill them to the brim, and you know the story. And then uh, go get the master of ceremonies, and he, or somebody took the, the water that had been changed into wine. But anyway, you know that. In verse 11 of chapter 2, this John says, was the first of his signs that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. Doing what God does. Showing what God does. Showing himself that he does what God does. And the implications there. And the disciples, we read, believed in him. Or John writing in his first letter, Chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, and he said, that which was from the beginning, there we are again. What was from the beginning? The Logos, the Word, Jesus, the one, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. We heard his, we know the sound of his voice. We've seen him with our, you want a description? I can describe him to you. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon, which we have touched with our hands. Let me give you a hand, Lord. Concerning the word of life, the logos of life. The life was made manifested so it could be seen, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life. That's him which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you. Interestingly enough, John continues in verse 18, he says, no one has ever seen God. Indeed, you can't see God. God is spirit. Jesus said so. Jesus said God is spirit. There were certain times that he uh, manifested himself to people, but he took forms that weren't um, indicative of himself. They were forms that the seer could understand. They weren't incarnations. They were theophanies, or what others might call an avatar. God is spirit, and so no one has ever seen God. In fact, uh, the Son was only spirit prior to the incarnation. And that still remains true for both the Father and the Holy Spirit, but God in the person of the Son took on flesh. And so we read in verse 18, no one has ever seen God, the only God. Isn't that interesting? That's exactly what the Greek says. The only God who's at the Father's side. Who's at the Father's side? The Son. 
And here he's called the only God, or the unique God, monogenes. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. And so Colossians again in verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God. He makes the invisible visible. Which leads to this text that I got a little mixed up earlier. It's in the same chapter of John, but I got it mixed up. John chapter 14, beginning at verse 8. And Philip said to Jesus, not Thomas, Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and it's enough for us. And they're all going, yeah, show us, show us. And Jesus said to him, have I been so long with you and you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. If you were to see the Father with your naked eyes, you wouldn't see anything different qualitatively than what you see in me. In fact, in John chapter 10, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. We're both divine. We have the same purposes. We're all working for the same thing, notwithstanding the fact that there's an economy amongst us and the Father's not the Son, the Son's not the Father. There isn't sort of a, a sequence of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They exist in community and always have. In fact, God is Trinity and Trinity is God. And that's the revelation of God that we have made so clear for us in the person of Jesus Christ. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say to me, Philip, show us the Father? And this is the Jesus we believe in. God in communion with God. God doing what God does. God giving what God has and God showing us who God is. Amen? Amen. The Jesus we believe in. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, you, uh, well, you surprised people all the time, didn't you? They thought they had you, man, they had you, and they said, if you're the Son of God, come down from the cross. And um, you could have very well said, oh, I'm, I'm going to do one <laughs> better than that. They're going to lie me dead in the grave, and on Sunday you'll see me again. For I am the life. <laughs> I am the life. I am the life, and I lay it down for my friends. And I take it up again because it is mine to lay down and it is mine to take up again. And whoever believes in me, I will raise them up at the last day. These aren't the words, Lord, of a, of a teacher. These are the words of God. Help us to see your son for who he really is and find him as pleasing as you do. And not only as sort of a form of spiritual intrigue or entertainment, but to take him as Lord and to walk in his ways and do all the things that he did that didn't require divinity. To love, to sacrifice, to be generous and faithful and true. Help us to do those things that others might see him in us and believe. We pray in his name.
Amen.